Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. DMV, you know who it is, Youngest in Charge Movement, Linnell Willingham, here with you live and local on 106.7 The Fan, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app, Ride With Me, and to take you up to 10 o'clock here on this Friday night edition of Overtime. Buckle up, we got a lot to cover here in the next three and a half hours, we'll thaw you out a little bit, know it's been frigid out in the DMV area. Schools closed around the area. A lot of y'all laying on your backs today, not going to work. We'll thaw you out here in the next three and a half hours. We'll start off in the National Football League because unless you're living under a rock, you understand that this weekend is divisional playoff weekend. I love the NFL playoffs. It got off to a tremendous start last weekend with Super Wild Card Weekend. But this weekend, man, I always say it, Separation Saturday and Separation Sunday. We separate the contenders from the pretenders. And I know what you're saying. Well, what? How can there be any pretenders at this point? We're in the playoffs. Well, did you see? (laughs) Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys? Did you see? Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles? Those are teams I constitute as pretenders. And now that we've got the boo-boo out of the way, we now get to get into the nitty-gritty. Four games this weekend. Two on Saturday. Two on Sunday. I heard the fellas, Grant Danny, say that the Baltimore Ravens are on upset alert this weekend. They, to me, are the odds-on favorite right now to go out and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. But obviously, they got to get past the upstart Houston Texans, led by C.J. Stroud, led by Bobby Slowick, who is a head coaching candidate for the Washington Commanders. We'll go through that list in its entirety uh, before we get out of here. But NFL Divisional Weekend, man, I'm looking forward to it. The game that we get tomorrow afternoon, Texans at Baltimore, 4.30 kick. It's going to be cold. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be frigid. And I'm expecting Baltimore to honestly put the belt to the Houston Texans. I love C.J. Stroud. I was one of the few people who had him rated as QB1 coming out of last year. Obviously, he's going on to probably win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's been phenomenal this year. He's missed a couple of games due to injury. But for the most part, the job that Houston's done, they've probably been the best story in all of the National Football League this year. Just thinking about where this franchise was just a calendar year ago, fresh off of the Deshaun Watson rumors and allegations, Davis Mills proving he's not the guy. But it just shows, man, in one offseason, you saw the Houston Texans get completely shifted around, and they now are probably going to be here to stay and be one of the powerhouses in the AFC uh, here in the coming in the coming seasons. So 4.30 Eastern time on Saturday, we get Texans and Ravens. I'm excited for that. Then the nightcap, 
Packers at 49ers. A little bit later on in the show, I'll tell you which team in the division around of the playoffs is on upset alert. This game right here, though, Packers and Niners, I don't know how anyone could be on upset alert in this one. Yes, I understand the 49ers are the number one seed. But to me, and I, I said it last week, the Green Bay Packers, I always viewed them as a bunch that would be able to get into the postseason and make noise if they could continue to get good play out of the quarterback position. Since Thanksgiving, when Green Bay went on the road and upset Ben Johnson and the Detroit Lions, since then, Jordan Love has arguably been one of the top two or three quarterbacks in all the National Football League. The numbers back it up completely. Amongst the league leaders in passing yards, amongst the league leaders in yards per attempt, amongst the league leaders in total touchdown passes, Jordan Love has been him for the Green Bay Packers. So, a little bit later on in the show, we'll give you an official preview, and I'll give my official picks. But I'll give you a little teaser for that. I love Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. How much do I love them? Still to be seen. Do I love them enough to upset the number one seed? We'll see. We'll see. Sunday, another doubleheader. Bucks at Lions. They get kicked off at 3 p.m. on Sunday, and I know the back and forth in the media between Chauncey Gardner-Johnson uh, and Baker Mayfield has kind of made its rounds. And Baker and company with the Tampa Bay Bucks, another really good story this year, uh, as well as the Detroit Lions. These are two teams talking about Tampa Bay and Detroit. They're showing you that, look, guys can have career renaissances at the quarterback position. What Baker Mayfield has done this year has been phenomenal. Dave Canales is a name that I'm really not hearing too often. When it comes to the the head coaching search and the head coaching cycle, what Dave Canales has done, the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay, I call him Mr. Reclamation Project. The last two seasons, he has taken two quarterbacks in Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield, two guys that were pretty much written off by national media, by local media in their own market, and he's turned them into Pro Bowl caliber players uh, what Baker Mayfield has done this year in Tampa has been special, especially down the stretch. Their offense is humming, so the Bucks a feel-good story. And they're a team, it's crazy. We all talked about the, the NFC South leading up to the season and how weak that division was going to be. A lot of people thought, you know, with Derek Carr coming over to New Orleans, that they were going to be the shoe-in. A lot of people thought adding B. John Robinson to the mix in Atlanta would be what, get, what got them over the top. People, you know, were anticipating Desmond Ritter having a prolific sophomore season. All those things didn't happen. It ends up with the Bucks at the top of the list, wearing the crown of NFC South champions. And they're another team to me, Todd Bowles and the coaching job that he's done this year, getting that group to stay on one accord and, and kind of the way I look at Tampa Bay, exceeding expectations, batting excuse me, punch it above their weight class. They are battered up front along the offensive line. They've got major injuries on the defensive side of the football. So it, it's been a struggle for Tampa Bay and company this year. I, I fully anticipate them giving the Detroit Lions a run for their money. But let's talk about those Detroit Lions. You all saw Dan Campbell's media availability post game and how he was rallying those troops in the locker room. Eric Eager, our, our pal from the Sumer Sports Show, and he was formerly a pro football focus, I had him on at the start of the season. 
and we're doing season previews and predictions. And I asked Eric, give me your Super Bowl prediction. And Eric came off the top rope, kind of shocked the world, including me, with his prediction. He said, Linnell, you know what? Come February in Vegas, I think we're going to see the Detroit Lions against the Buffalo Bills. And at the time when he said it, it was like, Eric, are you kidding me? Are you drinking the Kool-Aid of the Lions too much? Remember how they finished last regular season. They were the bell of the ball. They were the cat's meow, so to speak, heading into this year. So for them to live up to the expectations and be at this point winning a playoff game last week, playing back-to-back home playoff games for the first time in over 30-plus years for this franchise, I love what they're doing down there in Detroit. I'm happy for them. But anytime you're a team, and y'all know this out there, whether this is in your work life, whether this is you playing at the rec, whether you played organized sports back in the day that has expectations, whenever you're the team that everyone is looking for to take that next step, there's a lot of pressure that goes on you. The target is on your back. The Lions were a part of hard knocks. They, they were they were the team. They were the team this year, I felt like. Whew, are they going to be able to live up to the expectation? Was last year for real? Was the rise of the Detroit Lions genuine? Is it something that I could buy into based on what you saw last week and based on what you saw throughout the regular season? Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions are 110% for real. And I brought up Eric Eager in the Super Bowl prediction. The Lions get past the Bucks, And they've got to go on the road at San Francisco. Or if they've got to play host to the Green Bay Packers and see them for the third time this year. Sure looks like the Detroit Lions are on a fast track to representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And I know there's still two games to go before we get to that point where they're actually NFC champions. But just looking at this Sunday as six-and-a-half-point favorites against Tampa, watch out. Watch out. And some injury news for the Lions as well. James Houston, their six-round pass rusher from a season ago that burst onto the scene and came out of nowhere. They activated him off of injured reserve. He is expected to play uh, on, or excuse me, tomorrow afternoon against Tampa Bay. So you get that Lions defense a little bit more healthy. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson reentering the fray. It's about getting hot at the right time, and it sure as hell feels like the Detroit Lions are finally ready to get over that proverbial hump. Fourth and final game of divisional weekend in the National Football League. And obviously, they saved the best for last. Kansas City at Buffalo. First road playoff game in the career of one Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be fireworks. It's going to be fireworks. There's so much to gain and lose, I think, for both of these teams. For both of these teams. For Josh Allen, if I had to, like, make a list of the quarterbacks that had the most pressure on them heading into the postseason, heading into divisional weekend, Josh Allen would be right near the top of that list. Right near the top of that list. Obviously, his play down the stretch kind of willed the Buffalo Bills into the postseason. But when you look at the numbers on its face, on its surface, 29 touchdowns, 
18 interceptions for Josh Allen this year. Proving his doubters right. Furthering the narrative that he is a turnover machine. If they come up short once again in the postseason, not only, not only will it, you know, skew how we view Josh Allen big picture when it comes to the top quarterbacks in this league, but I also think it may be the type of move that has a trickle-down effect and you see sweeping changes throughout the organization. Let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, we're not that far removed from the Sean McDermott hit piece that came out for Ty Dunn about two months ago where Sean McDermott was using 9-11 references to talk about football and, and a whole bunch of other things were reported, including him deflecting blame on his coaching staff and him not taking responsibility for Buffalo shortcomings and him not being a good leader, being demonstrative towards assistant coaches. If Buffalo falls short in the playoffs, in this round in particular, at home, you have to wonder. You can only speculate what happens moving forward for that group. It's going to be super interesting to follow. Like I said, we'll give you my official predictions here for NFL Divisional Weekend coming up at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. But this weekend, like I said at the top of the show, this is separation weekend. This is where the contenders get separated from the pretenders. After this weekend, there will be four teams remaining with one common goal, fighting for the same thing, hoisting that Lombardi trophy, baby. So buckle up. Plenty of good games on tap starting tomorrow at 4.30 Eastern time with Texans at Ravens. Some other housekeeping notes across the National Football League. Saw this as I was getting prepped for the show. Got one of the head coaching vacancies filled across the National Football League. Antonio Pierce officially hired as the 27th head coach in Las Vegas Raiders history. Mark Davis deciding to pull the trigger on that move. And I know the veterans on that Raiders roster, Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and company, Thrilled, floored by the decision. Love what AP was able to do with the Raiders down the stretch of the season. They're going to be a team, as we look ahead to next year, that is going to have a ton of pressure. They have big-time moves to make this offseason. But maybe some other teams that are participating in this year's hiring cycle, maybe they look at what Antonio Pierce was able to do. Former player, galvanizing the roster, getting 100% buy-in, Maybe they look at that, and maybe the former player gets valued a little bit more. Let's just look at it. Mike Vrabel, former player. He's had tremendous success in the National Football League. D'Amico Ryans, this year, former player, is having tremendous results with the Houston Texans. So, congratulations to Antonio Pierce. Obviously, wishing him much success. I hate the Raiders. This is something I don't really talk about a lot. I'm not a Raiders guy. I'm not a Raiders guy. And no, it has nothing to do uh, with, you know, their their dominance back in the day. It, it just, I don't know. I, I, have, I have this disdain for the Raiders. It is what it is. I'm young, I'm dumb, and I hate sometimes. Plenty of show to get to. We'll get to the big news that has made waves here in our nation's capital. Robert Griffin III, former number two overall pick for the Washington Commanders. Him? And former Commanders head coach Jay Gruden going at it via the X app. We'll let you hear from both of those two gentlemen when we get back. You all know how I get down those. The People Show, 
It's happened with me all show long. One of three ways. MGM National Harbor Lister Line's wide open. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can also tweet at me. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Plenty to get to when we come back. We'll give you the latest on RG3 versus Jay Gruden. If you've been listening to the fan all day long, you probably heard what Robert said over the night. But about 10, 15 minutes ago, we got, we got a response from former Commanders head coach Jay Gruden. We'll let you hear that next here on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Just getting rolling here on this Friday night edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge, Ruben Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to CBS Sports Radio. Programming note for you, coming up in about 10 minutes, about John Kime of ESPN. He is the host of the John Kime Report, which you can download wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube as well. He had some very, very insightful information in terms of what he's hearing surrounding the Washington Commanders head coaching search. We'll play that audio for you coming up in about 10, 15 minutes or so. Uh, John Kime. Obviously, one of the godfathers of this Washington Commander, Washington Commanders beat, the longest tenured member of the Washington Commanders beat. So when he speaks, I listen. He's got a little bit of an update that I haven't seen anyone really talk about yet on Washington's coaching search. We'll get that audio to you coming up in about 10 minutes. I told you we'd thaw you out a little bit here tonight. I'm looking at the temperature right now on my iPhone app here in our Navy Yard studios. It's, it's 31 degrees. I thought it was way, I actually feel stupid now that I said that. I thought it was way colder than 31 degrees. But as I said, obviously we got a little bit of a wintry mix here in the DMV area. About four inches of snow in my neck of the woods in Montgomery County. Icy road. So a lot of people didn't go to work today. I'll fall you out here tonight. Because the hottest beef in the DMV (laughs) probably resides right here on 106.7 The Fan. Jay Gruden head coach of the Washington Commanders. He joins our afternoon drive show, Grant and Danny, each and every week uh, to talk about football and 
talk about the Washington Commanders. And Jay is a great guest, provides tremendous insight. And I think it's a huge coup for the station that we're able to have a former coach on these airwaves. It provides tremendous perspective. Jay Gruden, though, in a little bit of a fisticuffs right now with former Washington quarterback Robert Griffin III. Now, I know you all are probably privy to the situation already. For me, it's sad to see. It's honestly sad to see. It's like when you got two family members that can't get along. It's like when you got a, a brother and a sister that can't, that can't get right. You got two cousins that they got to sit at separate tables. This, this is family. Robert Griffin III is Washington royalty. And I know some of you may not think this way about Jay Gruden. I think Jay Gruden is Washington loyalty, huh? What do you mean? It's Jay Gruden. For me, at least. For me, at least. And I want to speak for the younger portion of the fan base. Start with Robert Griffin III. And I think the older people could probably relate to this, too. I look at Robert Griffin III like black Jesus. What he did for this fan base in 2012, the jolt of energy, that he provided this town. It's it's unlike anything I've seen while rooting for this team. Now, obviously, the catastrophic knee injury kind of muddies the waters and changes the way his career ultimately goes. But no one can take away from Robert, no matter what type of person you think he is, no matter what reports you hear about how he acted in the locker room and how privileged he was or what special preference he got. The hell with all of that. You can have your personal opinion about Robert Griffin. And trust me, I know everyone in this market does. Just based on the way it's being talked about on Twitter. There's a lot of bad blood. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of shade being thrown towards Robert Griffin <clears throat> for members of the D.C. media. Some of my colleagues that I work with here at The Fan. Everyone's got their two cents about Robert. And like I said. Some of it's fair, some of it maybe not be so fair. But the one thing you can't take away from Robert is what he accomplished in 2012. The life that he brought back to this franchise. That rookie season he had was historic. It was one of the best years at the quarterback position that this franchise has ever seen. 20 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, completing 66% of his passes. 102.4 quarterback rating. Sacked only 30 times throughout the year. Four fourth quarter comebacks. Two game winning drives. Pro bowler. Unanimous offensive rookie of the year. You stacked that year that Robert had in 2012. You stacked that against any of the quarterback play Washington's had in the 2000s. And he's right up there. He's right up there. Him and Kirk. Him and Kirk, and I know obviously a lot of us here locally, fans, media, Kirk is also polarizing. We all have our opinions on him too. But that 2012 season, what Robert did, man, and it's not just through the air. What he did on the ground was just as impressive. 815 yards rushing, seven touchdowns, seven yards of carry. It's phenomenal to watch what he was able to, to accomplish and do. So, yeah, I got a soft spot for RG3. Yeah, I feel some type of way when I hear everyone talking about how much Robert sucked 
yeah, Robert ultimately didn't work out as an NFL quarterback, but but to act like he stunk, to try to omit 2012, put the haterade down. Seriously. Could you imagine with folks like me, the younger demographic, could you imagine how we would feel if the RG3 era never happened? I might not have hung on to my fandom. If I'm being honest with you, think about what the team was pre-Robert Griffin III. John Beck, Rex Grossman, Jason Campbell, Todd Collins. You get what I'm saying? Despite what you got to say about Robert, you cannot deny the impact he had on this franchise. And then it goes over to Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden is the only coach under Dan Snyder to receive a second contract. Let me repeat that. Jay Gruden is the only coach during the Daniel Snyder era that receives some sort of contract extension. That, that says something. That means something. I know a lot of people have been poking holes at Jay Gruden. I know our pal Chris Russell likes to make the joke Club Jay. They had the ping pong table in the locker room. There's the famous gift of Deshaun Jackson giving Jay Gruden a nipple twist. I get it. Things were a little bit loose under Jay Gruden. There's the infamous picture of him at the bar with the cigarette and the young lady outside. Ain't nobody mad at Jay for trying to get freaky. Ain't nobody mad at Jay for living his life. Because guess what? I had to listen to a certain future Hall of Famer on these airwaves and call Jay a clown. Like Jay never did nothing here. I'm sorry. Washington had the number three pass or the number three offense in the NFL in 2016 under Jay Gruden. The last 4,000 yard passer came under Jay Gruden. We won a division title under Jay Gruden. And think about what the hell the Shanahan era was. You kidding me? There's an argument to be made. Jay Gruden may be the best coach of the damn Daniel Snyder era. So y'all put some respect on how y'all talk about Jay Gruden. Saw a tweet that says, Jay Gruden should disappear. Put the damn bourbon down. Before y'all start talking crazy about Jay Gruden. You kidding me? And I get it. I'm younger. I haven't seen a lot. I don't remember Joe Gibbs 2.0, the early portion of it. It doesn't doesn't resonate with me like it does with some of, some of you. But y'all got to put respect on Jay Gruden's name. I want to get into the nitty-gritty of this, though. Robert Griffin, on his new podcast called, I think it's We the Ones or the Ones podcast, had a lot to say. And I understand Robert loves the spotlight. So take the audio that we're about to play with a grain of salt. Because to me, at least, feels like Robert's trying to garner some more attention for the podcast or Robert's trying to tell his truth. If Jay Gruden really wants to talk, I'm not going to cuss the man out. I'm not going to call him outside of his name. But what I am going to do is tell you guys the truth. And the truth of the matter is there is a moment in D.C. that is vividly remembered. Jay Gruden went to a press conference and he undressed me at that press conference in a way that a coach should never undress his starting quarterback. And it was after a game. And I said in the press conference that the best players in the NFL have the guys around them play at an extremely high level. No one is out there doing it on their own. Now, the 
the media pundits and everyone took that and said RG3 threw his teammates under the bus. I'm telling you, stop, stop it for a second right there. This is my problem with Robert. This is my problem with Robert. In this life, to me, self-awareness is so invaluable. Self-awareness can get you a long, long way in life. Robert, if you don't think what you said at the podium 10 years ago was throwing your teammates under the bus, if you still don't see the problem with that, you are stuck on stupid. Stick to racing pigeons and doing bits on ESPN's college game day. If you really think, if you really think that you handled that situation properly, then maybe I'm wasting time on my radio program tonight. Up down, down, let's keep running it. And I had to eat that for a long time because Jay didn't back me in the media the next day. He doubled down on it uh, and, and actually picked me apart in the media. But what people don't know is that the only reason I went to that press conference and said what I said to challenge my teammates through that press conference was because Jay Gruden asked me to do that. What hurt I'm me about that? Can we stop was, it again? And I'm, I'm seeing your reaction as we're listening to it. You know he a damn lie. Why the hell would Jay Gruden? And I know, Jay, look, Jay's got, Jay's made some questionable decisions during his time in Washington. And he's been, there's dirt on Jay. There's dirt on everybody that comes through town, man. You really think that Jay, yeah, Robert, go challenge your teammates through the media. Uptown Don, you know this from being around here long enough. He wasn't, Robert wasn't even that liked in the damn locker room. So why the hell would that be a good idea? Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you. I'm not, I mean, it's kind of like what you alluded to earlier. I think he's just trying to hype up the story for his podcast. For his pod. And, you know, for conversations like we're having right now. So thank you. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he's giving us something. But uh, nah, yeah, I'm not believing that at all. No shot. It's the craziest thing because I remember, I remember that game like it was yesterday. I think it was after a loss to Philadelphia on the road. Robert, I got sacked a bunch of times. It was the game where Chris Baker got ejected for leveling Darren Sproles or, or leveling Nick Foles, if I remember. Look at how good my memory is. I think I'm like 99% sure that's accurate. But I remember like it was yesterday, Robert got up on the podium and he started busting off, as I would call it, throwing his teammates under the bus, comparing himself to Peyton Manning and Tom Brady saying the top quarterbacks have the guys around them play well. It just shows a lack of self-awareness from Robert. There's more from RG3. But what people don't know is that the only reason I went to that press conference and said what I said to challenge my teammates through that press conference was because Jay Gruden asked me to do that. What hurt me about that was the fact that after I did that in the press conference, not only did Jay Gruden not have my back, but he actually burned me with it. He came out the next day and burned me in the media. He came out the next day in a meeting in our team meeting room and burned me in front of my own teammates. Took accountability for what I said. He was taken out of, con taken out of context and apologized to my teammates in the front of that team meeting. Now, Jay, knowing that he had asked me to do that and still went to the media and tore me down to the media, even in that room, it's the fact that he has zero self-awareness and zero <laughs> integrity because even though he asked me to do something, he didn't have the balls to have my back. Zero self-awareness, Robert. Zero self-awareness, Bobby Three Sticks. Do you not understand what the hell you're doing right now? I can't believe And look, I said 
Thank you. When you were talking about it earlier, Uptown Dog, because you bring up a great point. He's providing content for us. It's the offseason. Playoffs are going on. We're all in the weeds of a coaching search. It gives us something fun to talk about, but this isn't fun. Because like I said, this is first-class ignorance. This is this is the Washington football way. This reeks of the past. Why can't we all just get along? Especially two guys in Robert and Jay that have skeletons in the closet. Let's call it what it is, right? There are skeletons in both of those two dudes' closets. I think... <laughs> What Robert says at the end of this next clip is really, uh, really starts to get into the nitty gritty of things. And that was the reason that Jay Gruden wasn't successful in Washington. It had nothing to do with me. We won the division title. It had nothing to do with me. I was just great. Yeah, I like the inflection. Come on, right? With me? Nothing to do with me. (laughs) Damn clown show. There's more Robert Griffin. That was the reason that Jay Gruden wasn't successful in Washington. It had nothing to do with me. We won the division title and almost every person in the locker room hated each other because attitude reflects leadership. So when you talk to me about Jay Gruden, understand that I haven't talked about Jay. I haven't talked about any coaches that have been there in a negative way because I've moved on with my life. But if Jay wants to talk, we can talk. And what you have to first do, Jay Gruden, is take accountability for what you did and what you didn't do. So don't come to me talking about all these sly shots when you're the one who asked me to do something in the media that I haven't talked about for almost 10 years. 10 years I haven't talked about it. Now we're talking about it. So if you keep going, I'm just letting you know right now, don't play with me. Don't play with me. I will absolutely end any credibility that you did have, let alone with that last name. Robert Griffin, the sassiest I've ever heard of. Don't play with me, Jay Gruden. Now, be honest with you. <laughs> Uptown Don, we had a rebuttal from Jay Gruden about half hour ago. And be honest with you. I said both of them have skeletons in the closet, some of which have come to light about Jay, some of which haven't. Same can be said for Robert. I think uh, the response to the rebuttal from Jay Gruden Definitely seems like he's trying to calm the situation down, doesn't it? Oh yeah, hundred percent. He he's trying to essentially close the door on the conversation. I you know. I wonder why Uptown Don and I, I I battled and contemplated all night long whether I would do this. But man, let's just let's just let's just air it out. This is a tweet that a fan put out. Now I'm prefacing it. By saying this is from a fan. So, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if this is wrong. But the fact that this is coming out like this, and the fact that Robert is speaking with so much conviction, the way that he is, lets me know that uh, maybe, maybe there are skeletons in the closet for both Robert Griffin III and Jay Gruden. And I'm trying to scroll down and find the tweet here. I thought I sent it to myself. I didn't send it to myself. So look, maybe, you know what I'm trying to say? Maybe the Lord working. Because I told you that the tweet, the tweet has a hell of an allegation in it. And maybe, 
maybe this is God saying, don't, don't read this over the air. That's why I can't find the tweet. So we'll put the situation to bed because, like I said, it's embarrassing and I'm tired of talking about it. But something in there that resonated with me and a big reason I brought this up, remember when Jay Gruden was hired back in 2014? He was the Ben Johnson of his hiring cycle. He had worked with Andy Dalton and turned him into a Pro Bowl quarterback. That offense in Cincinnati was humming. He's got the damn last name Gruden. So he had momentum working for him in that favor. But one thing that Robert said that resonated with me, and there are countless examples of this, the locker room hated each other. And Jay Gruden probably wasn't a good leader. He was an X's and O's savant. One of the brightest offensive minds in, in the NFL. Still to this day, probably. But the leadership qualities, the leadership qualities allowed certain things to happen in the locker room that probably wouldn't happen if you had a strong-minded head coach, someone that's been there before. So while we're all geeked up for Ben Johnson and hotshot offensive minds, I want to make one thing very clear about this Washington Commanders coaching search. The most important quality for me and for general manager Adam Peters, and we'll let you hear him say it himself a little bit later, is leadership. It's not about offense. It's not about defense. Your football acumen obviously is important, but the number one trait, it's got to be a great leader. Speaking of this Washington Commanders head coaching search, about John Kime of ESPN, he's got the John Kime Report, his podcast. You can download that wherever you get your podcasts. John Kime speaks with Conviction. John Kime, the longest tenured member of the Washington Commanders beat, he had some very interesting insight on what could be next with the Washington Commanders coaching search. We'll let you hear from John Kime next here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. The youngest in charge, Will Willingham, taking up the 10 o'clock tonight before we hand things over to 
CBS Sports Radio. Plenty to get to uh, as the show rolls on here tonight. We'll talk a little bit about Commander's defensive tackle John Allen. Uh, Some speculation about his future with the team here in the recent weeks. We'll we'll dive into that in about 20 minutes or so. Top of the 9 o'clock hour, final hour of power before we get out of here. We'll be joined by our pal Josh Robbins, who covers the Washington Wizards for the Athletic. Big-time game for them tomorrow night. They host Victor Wembanyama in the San Antonio Spurs. They made a big-time trade last week, bringing over Marvin Bagley and uh, Isaiah Livers from the Detroit Pistons. So Marvin Bagley made his Wizards debut last night. We'll ask Josh Robbins about all that and more coming up at the top of the 9 o'clock hour when we switch gears a little bit and talk some round ball. Right now, though, I want to get back into this Washington Commanders coaching search. Obviously, we know how important this decision ultimately will be for Josh Harris, for Adam Peters and company. Said it at the end of the season. Said it as we were gearing up for the end of the season. This hiring cycle, talking about the GM and the coach, is the most important hiring cycle in the history of the Washington Commanders, in my opinion. In my opinion. Now, obviously, we've heard a lot of different names be rumored As I'm working here right now, I want to get you the official list of head coaching candidates that Washington has already interviewed or requested to interview. We already know that Washington has brought on former Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn to interview. We know that Washington has interviewed Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Dan Quinn. We know that Washington has interviewed Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. They've also interviewed uh, Ravens assistant coach and defensive line coach Anthony Weaver. So there are a bunch of different names that they've already uh, tried to talk to. They've put in requests to talk to. And like I said at the start of this process, I want them to leave no stone unturned. Leave no stone unturned here in this process. And they haven't. I got to give them a ton of credit for that. From bringing in Bob Myers to having Rick Spielman assist with the search, it's been beautiful. To this point, the official interview request that Washington's put in, Aaron Glenn, Lions defensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, Lions offensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, Ravens defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, Rams defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, Cowboys defensive coordinator, and Anthony Weaver, Ravens assistant head coach and defensive line coach. We all know that Washington has a big-time decision to make here. Big-time decision to make here. As of late, it feels like we're starting to hear a lot of momentum shifting towards Ben Johnson eventually being the guy. That's why you tap in over over overtime each and every night here, 630 to 10 on the fan. John Kime of ESPN, the most seasoned member of the beat, gave some very, very, very good insight into what he's hearing in terms of the Washington Commanders coaching search. Take a listen. There are a couple guys that really stand out on the list, and they're really the three guys that I've mentioned, Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, and Ben Johnson. When I talk to people about 
um, what what Washington, who Washington is talking to, those are the names that more people will talk about. Now, in some cases, it's because maybe they know them a little bit better, but I think in other cases, it's because they feel like, obviously, Ben Johnson, if you're looking for the top offensive coach who's going to be available this offseason, it's Ben Johnson. Then if you're looking at a guy that a lot of people really respect, it's Dan Quinn. Another guy that people feel like deserves a second chance, it's Raheem Morris. And so, like, when I talk to people about Raheem Morris, I mean, he's got a lot of fans out there. And there are people who played for him here, obviously, because um, he coached here back in the day. But there are a lot of people who connected with him at various stops who are very, very high on him. And the things that you'll hear is a natural motivator. That's John Kime giving us the latest on what he's hearing with the Washington Commanders coaching search. Now, let me shorten that up and abbreviate what Kime basically just said. When he talks to people about Washington's coaching search and what people are hearing and what he's hearing in terms of this coaching search, the three names that continue to pop up the most are former Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator in L.A. with the Rams, and Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. Those are the three names that he is continuing to hear the most on. Now, this is not me reporting anything. This is pure speculation on my behalf. I want to preface that. It's not me reporting a damn thing. This is pure speculation on my behalf. This is an informed opinion, so to speak. John Kime would not harp on these three names the way he did if they weren't finalists. Now, I'm not reporting that these are finalists, but it wouldn't shock me that when we get toward the end of this process that these three are your finalists, Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris, and Ben Johnson. Now, there's a lot to unpack with all three of these candidates. I know, just based off of interactions that I've had on Twitter, that this fan base would put a torch to, to Commander's Park if Josh Harris and company hired Dan Quinn. It's ignorant as hell of you to think that way, uh, but I, I get it. There's a recency bias. You saw the way his defense faltered in a big-time, high-stakes situation against the Packers. I understand that wholeheartedly if you feel that way. But when you look at the overall track record of Dan Quinn and what he's been able to accomplish there in Dallas defensively, he gets the most out of his talent. He's innovative. And he's doing it a different way. You think about the way the Dallas Cowboys are built. Their defense is predicated on speed. They got former safeties playing linebacker, and their defensive line from the interior out are all pass rushers. That's got major get-off and major juice. That's why they drafted Mozzie Smith in the first round this year from the University of Michigan to add some beef to the interior of their defense. And we saw on several different occasions this year the downside of the way Dallas has built their defense. They need to continue to add pieces. They need another defensive tackle. And they need to get bigger at linebacker. And maybe prioritize an off-ball linebacker. Because you saw when they played against good running teams, Buffalo ran it down their throat, San Francisco, 
ran it down their throat. And then you saw Green Bay this past weekend run it down their throat. Dallas has to get better from that vantage point. But outside of that, Dan Quinn has done a damn good job with Dallas's defense. He has. Who the hell is Jaron Curse? Who the hell is Deron Bland, now an all-pro? Who the hell is Damone Clark, now a Pro Bowl caliber player? Who is Oso Digizua? He's got a bunch of no-names on that Dallas Cowboys defense playing their asses off. That means something to me. Not going to write off Dan Quinn because of one performance in the postseason. Look at the body of work. Dallas has won 12 games the last three years. And a lot of it has to do with what they've done defensively. Raheem Morris, you heard what John Kime said about him and how folks rave about his leadership ability. We'll let you hear from Rams general manager Les Snead a little bit later on. He works directly with Raheem Morris. Hearing Les Snead, a current executive, talk about Raheem Morris gives me chills, man. And then Ben Johnson. Boy wonder. The bell of the ball. The cat's meow, so to speak. Everyone loves the prospect of Ben Johnson being the next head coach here in Washington. We got a lot to discuss and a lot to sift through here over the next couple of days. But I want to go to the phones here for the first time tonight. MGM National Harbor Listener Lines wide open. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Based on what we just heard from John Kime, Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris, and Ben Johnson. If those three were the finalists, for the Washington Commanders head coaching job, which one would you pick? Would you pick Dan Quinn? Would you pick Raheem Morris? Or would you go with the hot shot upstart offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson? I want to hear from you. 1 800 636 1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N E L L underscore BTP. If, if Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris, and Ben Johnson are indeed the finalists, which one do you want? And why? That's next there on the fan. One eight hundred six three six one zero six seven is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listing lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N E L L underscore B T P. Just getting rolling here on this Friday night edition of Overtime. We'll take you up to ten o'clock tonight. Right now, though, I want to go to the phone. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. We let you hear the audio from ESPN's John Kime. He gave us some pretty interesting insight on what he's been hearing. And this was this episode of the John Kime Report was report, recorded last night or earlier this afternoon. So this is hot off the press from ESPN's John Kime. Uptown Don, if we could rack that audio here. This is John Kime giving the latest on what he's hearing in the Washington Commanders head coaching search. Take a listen. There are a couple guys that really stand out on the list, and they're really the three guys that I've mentioned, Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, and Ben Johnson. When I talk to people about um, what, what Washington, who Washington is talking to, those are the names that more people will talk about. Now, in some cases, it's because maybe they know them a little bit better, but I think in other cases, it's because they feel like 
obviously Ben Johnson, if you're looking for the top offensive coach who's going to be available this offseason, it's Ben Johnson. Then if you're looking at a guy that a lot of people really respect, it's Dan Quinn. Another guy that people feel like deserves a second chance, it's Raheem Morris. And so like when I talk to people about Raheem Morris, I mean, he's got a lot of fans out there. And there are people who played for him here, obviously, um, because he coached here back in the day. But there are a lot of people who connected with him at various stops who are very, very high on him. And the things that you'll hear is a natural motivator. Sean Kime giving the latest on what he's hearing when he talks to his sources in terms of the Washington Commanders head coaching search. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface all of this by saying exactly this. I'm not reporting anything. John Cobb's not reporting anything. He's telling what he's been hearing. Based off of that audio, based off of what he is hearing, it sure as hell sounds like Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris, and Ben Johnson are going to be the finalists for Washington's head coaching job. That's pure speculation on my behalf. If that proves to be true, if the finalists are indeed Dan Quinn, former Cowboys defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, Rams defensive coordinator, and Ben Johnson, Lions offensive coordinator. If those three guys are the finalists, which one would you want as the next head coach of the Washington Commanders? I just put out a poll on Twitter as well you can participate in. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Which one would you choose? Because I'll be honest with you. I know the hot shot name right now is Ben Johnson. But man, there's more to being a head coach, as I said, than just being an X's and O's savant and guru. There's more to being a head coach than being some offensive wizard. It's deeper than rap. You got to be able to lead men. And I used the analogy earlier this week with Chris Russell on the Team 980. And this, this, was comparing, this was comparing Ben Johnson to Bobby Slowick. I can use the same comparison. I can use the same comparison with Ben Johnson and Raheem Morris. Pay attention. I prefer Raheem Morris over Ben Johnson. If those three are listed as the finalists, Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris, and Ben Johnson, I'm going to go with Raheem Morris, and here is why. I want someone who's had a little bit of coaching adversity. See, to me, Ben Johnson and the job that he's done in Detroit, give him all the credit in the world. He schemed it up. He's well-renowned as one of the better offensive minds in the game right now. Oh, that's fine. But the thing is, Ben Johnson, the best way I could put it, Ben Johnson is a suburban cat. Ben Johnson gets his drawers washed by his mother still. Ben Johnson is having mommy pack him an avocado toast. He's got the best offensive line in football, damn near. He's got the best young rookie tight end in the NFL, damn near. He's got the best one-two punch at running back in the National Football League. He's got a former number one pick at quarterback, of course. Of course, Detroit was going to have success offensively. What does Ben Johnson do when he's not cooking with five-star ingredients? 
Can Ben Johnson turn chicken salad into chicken you-know-what? That's why I prefer Raheem Morris. You look at what the Rams have done this year defensively. Bunch of no-name guys. This is no disrespect to Kobe Turner. This is no disrespect to, to, to some of the off-ball linebackers that they've got. They've got decent pass rush. That's about it, it feels like. Raheem Morris is getting the most out of that defense with the Rams. It's Aaron Donald and a bunch of Jags. Let's call it what it is. Yet they've been one of the better defenses in all the NFL. The other reason I love Raheem Morris, in life, I'm a firm believer of this. In life, you got to go through something to learn, to get better. And a lot of the times in life when you face adversity, you come out of the other side way better off for it. Raheem Morris has been a head coach in the National Football League before. A lot of people may make the argument he was too young. He wasn't primed and ready for the opportunity that he got. But he got to learn under Kyle Shanahan. He's worked as a pass game coordinator on the offensive side of the football. So not only does he know defense, he knows offense as well. And I'm of the mindset the best defensive coaches know the offensive side as well. And not only was Raheem Morris just a pass game coordinator, he was the pass game coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons during Matt Ryan's MVP season in which they went to the Super Bowl. So he knows offense. Everyone loves this Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan scheme. The best teams in the NFL, their offense is predicated off of that scheme. Guess what Raheem Morris is well-versed in? That scheme. The thing that Kime said at the end of that piece that really gets me over the top for Raheem Morris is the fact that he's a leader. The fact that he's a world-class leader. Jalen Ramsey, all-pro corner, went to bat on Twitter earlier today for Raheem Morris, advocating for him to get the opportunity to be head coach somewhere. I'm going to read you what Jalen Ramsey said. I got it right here if you want me to read it off to you. Um, So, yeah, Jalen said earlier, won't be any tampering, well, in reference to – Sneed's uh, praises of Raheem Morris. we'll play that for you a little bit later on. Yeah, we'll play that for you guys so you can hear. But in reference to that audio, which you'll hear later, he said, there won't be any tampering issues, but 100% I know many, in all caps, many players, including myself, who would love to play on whatever team rise coach of. That won't necessarily be the reality, but would definitely love that. Don't read too much into this. I'm just saying (laughs) Ra is the best. So Jalen trying to avoid his own tampering issues, but – Going to bat for Raheem Morris for sure. And he's someone that played for Raheem the last couple of years while he was in L.A. Obviously, Jalen gets traded to Miami this offseason. But for a player of that ilk, a player of that caliber to go to bat for Raheem Morris, it shows you just how impactful he is. Like like Uptown Don said, we will let you hear from Rams GM Les Snead a little bit later on in the show. He had some super high praises uh, for uh, Raheem Morris and wanting and advocating for him to get a head coaching job. Let's go to the phones, though. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. If Ben Johnson, Raheem Morris, and Dan Quinn are the three finalists for the head coaching job here in Washington, if they are the finalists, which one do you prefer? Let's go to Steve in D.C. What's going on, Steve? Hey, how you doing? You hear me? I'm good. I got you, buddy. How you doing? Yeah, that that um, that's definitely a – that question right there is if – 
because who knows what, what would happen. But um, my thing was with, um, like you were talking about RG3 and, and the back and forth with, with, with Jay Gruden. Um, and I'm going to go at one of y'all, uh, y'all station members. JB, he, 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 he crossed the line with that one. I mean, I'm sorry, EB. You know, the fake EB. With what? With, 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 with talking about, um, RG3 is, 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 is so hurt and he's, and he's, um, reaching and, and he's wrong. No, he's not wrong. He was a child at that point of his life, and he trusted the wrong people. Jay Gruden was the was the leader of that team, was the coach. And you can't go against something that RG said and say, okay, well, I don't believe that because I don't like him. But this, this is the thing, Steve, about Robert. A lot of a lot of the criticism that Robert has, Robert has brought upon himself. And I understand that a lot of folks out there, and this is off record conversation. A lot of folks feel like it's racially charged. A lot of the things that happened to Robert here in D.C. We got to get off of that. Robert didn't do what Robert was supposed to do. Robert didn't put in the work. Robert couldn't read defenses. There's a reason Robert did not have success outside of D.C. So for, for Robert trying to act like someone wronged him, you need to go sit down somewhere, man. That's, that's ignorant. Making us look bad. But, but you don't think he was mismanaged because he – because he pushed the wrong buttons? I, I think, and we all know, and we're doing revisionist history, obviously, Steve. You remember after that 2012 season what the report was. There was speculation that Mike Shanahan packed up his damn office and was about to step down and quit because uh-huh. he couldn't deal with Robert anymore. Robert did not want to run that scheme. Robert wanted to be a pocket passer. Robert rushed himself back from injury when he wasn't ready. Robert built bad Robert, habits as a result. So- so, so that, so those were his choices to rush himself back into. Hell the- yeah! When you're doing a big ass Adidas campaign, talking about all in for week one, and you're marketing, and you've got your sleeve, uh, no pressure, no diamonds. He did a whole damn marketing campaign. He did a whole damn documentary about his rehab. Robert has so always been right. about me and Robert only. Robert is probably one of the most selfish athletes to ever walk through this locker room. That's why no one has anything positive to say about him that used to play. That's, okay, that's cool. But how old was Robert at that time? It was old enough to be collecting NFL checks. That's that's unfair. He had his that's parents unfair. here. He had his parents here in town. Steve, Robert was born. His, Robert was born father, into a military was, family. His father was one of the biggest reasons why he did what he did. Correct. You're talking about who's around him. His damn daddy. Thank you. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. It wasn't his fault. I don't know. Steve, I hear what you're saying. I appreciate the call. To try to to try to free Robert <laughs> of any blame, to try to blame someone else for Robert's failures here in DC, I gotta wake up and smell the coffee. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We'll let you hear the audio from ESPN's John Conn when we come back. He had a very important update on the Washington Commanders head coaching search. We'll let you hear that audio. And we'll do this hypothetical for you. If, an emphasis on the word if, if Washington and their head coaching search comes down to Ben Johnson, Raheem Morris, or Dan Quinn, which guy would you want? 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Your call's next here on The Fan. Okay. 
Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 